You're listening to the Reconciling Hope Podcast, where the leadership team of Gospel Hope Church discusses how the Bible transforms our beliefs, actions, and impacts our relationship with God and with others. Well, good morning, Gospel Hope, and uh, all others who uh, dial in and actually uh, listen to us as we um, uh, kind of uh, go through another episode of the Reconciling um, Hope Podcast. The purpose of these are just to give us some additional opportunities to really take the Sunday's message and just distill it or press it down into some more uh, more personal and deeper uh, cultural application. And so, uh, Ryan, thank you again for uh, helping us kind of move along in our series entitled True Treasure. Uh, this past Sunday's message was a little bit different, uh, but uh, about true treasure nonetheless, as you really emphasized um, why or how it is that we need to treasure Jesus uh, more fundamentally, that that needs to be our chief treasure in life. And uh, so there's a lot to be said there. You walked us through uh, Jesus's parable of the banquet. And for those of you who are not familiar with that parable, uh, there in Luke, um, Jesus tells us a story about banquet invites going out. And there were people who were initially invited who declined because they had, you know, good stuff to do. Check on an oxen, you know, new marriage, etc. Uh, different things, different enterprises that represent represent regular everyday life responsibilities, not bad things, just other things. Mm-hmm. And um, decline the, the master or the, uh, the invitation. And eventually, some people who you would never expect to be on the guest list uh, end up there. Uh, mm-hmm. Folks who are not of noble distinction. And, um, and so anyway, Ryan, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you uh, walk us through and just kind of really um, uh, just kind of with our, our first question, one of the things I, I was listening to is you said um, that um, our recognition of our need for Jesus is kind of almost a prerequisite for truly treasuring him. Why is that? Why can't I just be a huge fan and treasure Jesus uh, without necessarily being caught up in this deep, overwhelming sense of my need for him? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, that idea or that word treasure, like the Bible speaks about Jesus as this pearl of great pot price, something that you're willing to sell everything else in mm-hmm. order to get. And if we're to have that heart disposition towards Christ, he can't just be like a nice to have, like, oh, I'd like heated seats in my car. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's like, I need a steering wheel. Like they're, they're, those, are, those are two different uh, levels of desire. Uh, and perhaps the illustration serves best. Like, suppose you were in the doctor's office and you're sitting in there and, you know, a nurse comes in and just suddenly like jabs a, a syringe into your arm and pushes it in there. Um, you wouldn't be enthusiastic about that at all. You would probably be outraged and say, what are, what are you doing? What's going on? Yeah. Um, on the other hand, if before that happened, the doctor said, you have a critical condition and it needs to be treated right away, but we happen to have the antidote and we need to give it to you right now. When that nurse came in there and shoved that syringe into your arm, you would actually probably be grateful for that because you would see that that thing was meeting a need that you have. And in the same way, if Jesus is to move beyond something that's just like, oh, that's kind of nice to something that our hearts truly treasure, we have to get our ourselves in line with the Bible's teaching that, man, we're completely dependent on him. We, we cannot be saved apart from the grace of Jesus in our life. I love that. 
um, you, you, you made a statement in the, the message to really just kind of help us understand this, our, the depth of our need. And you outline a few things where uh, it, it was something along the lines of like, none of us deserve God's blessing. Um, I interact with that idea. None of us deserve God's blessing in light of the fact that there may be some people listening or who maybe just kind of in their basic understanding of God's love will say, well, wait a minute. Uh, the Bible tells me that God loves all of us. So yeah, I, I should be entitled to some kind of blessing or, or even, you know, in another place in the message, you said that, um, you know, uh, nothing can disqualify us for his grace. So it's like, all right, well, if I'm the object of his love and can never be disqualified from his grace, you know, both of those make me kind of feel like maybe I am entitled to some blessing. God, you, mm -hmm. you, you, you owe me that based on who you say you are. Matt, can you help me get over myself in that regard? If, if that's what yeah. I feel like thinking? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the doctrine of the love of God is actually a little more nuanced than people tend to think. Because in one sense, it is completely accurate to say that God's love is unconditional. That mm. is, he loves everyone that he has created. But it would also be accurate to say that God's love, an uh, aspect of his love, is also conditional. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we looked at perhaps the most familiar verse in all the Bible, John 3, 16, where it says God um, loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And then here's the thing. It says, whoever or anyone, or everyone who believes. So there's both the uh, unconditional nature, everyone, but then there's a qualifier on it, who believes will not perish, but have eternal life. So look, God loves all humanity in one sense, and he is favorably disposed to them in a kind of creator creation type way. Mm -hmm. But God particularly loves or has has a a special kind of love for those who trust in his son uh, again a, a human analogy might be helpful in this regard you know we could say that um, forgiveness in one sense can be unconditional but reconciliation is conditional mm. now I, I was just reading a book the other day and and reminded of the the tragic shooting in Charleston uh, several years ago where Dylan Roof came in and, and shot the folks at the AME church there. Um, mm -hmm. At the trial, the family members came forward and said, we forgive you, Dylan, like we, we forgive you. So their forgiveness in one sense was open-ended, like their arms were extended wide. Yet, yet as far as we know, Dylan Roof, there was no reconciliation that happened because right. he was not even apologetic or remorseful about his actions. He was hardened in the crime that he committed. And in the same way, I think that illustrates the Lord's heart towards us. Like he's saying, I, I am extending forgiveness and mercy, but the only way that you're going to be in a right relationship with me is if you acknowledge your need for him. There's an old song. Uh, maybe you've heard it before, Rod. It's called, Come Ye Sinners, Poor and Needy. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a verse in it that says, Come ye sinners, poor and needy, not of fitness, fondly dream. All the fitness he requires is to feel your need of him. In other words, we don't have to like dream of being um, worthy of God's love. We are worthy of God's love when we admit we are not worthy of God's love. It's, it's somewhat counterintuitive. So 
that, that's how I would unpack that. And I think we need to understand that there is an aspect of God's love that is unconditional, but there is also an aspect of God's love that is conditional, and it comes only through faith in the work of Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, well, well thank you for that. So, so we've talked much about some of maybe the cultural tensions with the idea of God's love and his grace and, and how there needs to be some nuance. Uh, more about culture. Was there a particular tendency in, um, you know, Western life that you had in mind as you were working through, you know, this message that really kind of made you feel like it was necessary? Yeah, I, I think particularly living here in the South, um, mm. you know, I was thinking about the religious leaders and how that would connect with us. You know, Jesus tells this parable basically to religious leaders. And mm. the reason he tells it is because it seemed that they had the attitude that they were just kind of entitled to God's blessing. Uh, mm. They didn't do bad things. They did a lot of good things. And they actually let the good distract them from the best. Mm. And I think that's a needed reminder for uh, folks like us that live in Atlanta, many people who have had some exposure to the church and the gospel and all of that. And there's churches around, you know, the language of Christendom is common. And we can be so busy doing good things that we don't acknowledge, man, I, I'm a sinner who needs a savior. Um, I should really see myself as those people out in the highways and hedges, not as a person who just is deserving of God's grace. I, I, I desperately need the Lord's grace. So I think that's a kind of a cultural moment for the context that we minister in. Yeah. The context that we minister in, one of the things that we often say, or we say regularly with our congregation is that, man, um, you know, folks that are in relationship with the Lord ought to be growing, uh, you know, vertically growing in their knowledge of the gospel, growing in their relationship with God, growing in their relationship with one another, but also growing in their relationship with the world, upward, inward, and outward is kind of the, some of the directional, you know, ideas. Which of those were, was in view for you as you were uh, preparing for this message. Yeah, I was thinking primarily upward in this message. Um, and, and it was a really a, my hope was that we would walk away with a deeper appreciation of God's disposition towards us. Um, that we, you know, I, I think I summarized it with a statement kind of like, we need God, but he wants us. And mm. um, man, I, if if people walk away just say, oh, man, as I read this parable or as I hear this message, I'm reminded of how desperate, desperately needy I am. And yet how loving God is to all those who confess their need for him. That would be a win in my book. So seeing our need, you know, we're needy and it's OK. I, I, I want us to embrace that and kind of, you know, there's a cultural moment in there. We Americans love the idea of independence and there's some great strengths to that. But we need to celebrate as children of God our dependence on our heavenly Father. Right. When you, um, so when you think about the, just kind of the totality of the message, constantly reminding us none of us inherently qualify for God's, you know, um, qualify for His love, but we we automatically inherently qualify for judgment, mm -hmm. uh, and, and and we. You know, just none of us can say, God, you, you owe us anything. When I hear that message, how do I, what do I locate the reconciling hope? Like, where am, what am I supposed to, you know, what can I grab hold to and say, okay, Lord, I hear you. I don't qualify. I don't deserve, but man, I need you. 
Um, I got to kind of retool my heart because I don't feel a deep sense of dependency. I've got a lot of mm. good things in life I'm chasing. Like, what wh- what do I grab hold to? Where where can I find hope to that? I see gaps, and how can I be transformed? Um, yeah. In light of you know that message. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the major points were something like no one's entitled to God's blessing, mm-hmm. uh, no one's exempt from God's judgment. Mm-hmm. But then the third point is really the good news: no one is excluded from God's mercy. So once you recognize, oh man, I need God, I, I'm separated from him, I'm not entitled and I can't escape his judgment. The blessing of this parable is no one's exempt. I mean, I, I love what he says there. Hey, bring in the, the poor and blind and lame and maimed, the people that don't usually get invited. And then, and then like, he's like, well, that's not enough. I'm gonna go out into the highways and hedges, these people that are far, far away and compel them to come in why? Because my house will be filled. So I, I think the reconciling hope is it doesn't matter your story or your background or your failures. Um, God is inviting you to come and have a part in his kingdom. That's hope. Um, and no matter, no matter where your starting point, we will all feast around the table. We are reconciled both to God and to one another because God has this disposition of grace to all those who feel their need for Christ. Amen. Amen. So yeah, we as a church feel our deep need for Christ um, uh, in light of some things that we have going on. We got our, our move coming up. Uh, we are desperately soliciting just God's um, guidance and help in that. We're just moving right down the street, not far from where we are today, but in a position that's going to uniquely um, posture us to serve the kingdom in an even more robust way to what we're doing. And man, we are soliciting people's prayers for that. It's another, just an underscoring way. And man, if we could just be um, just kind of a beachhead for the gospel um, mm-hmm. right in the Avondale Estates and Decatur and, 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 and greater areas. So um, looking forward to continuing in our series, True Treasure, but at the same time, um, continuing to look forward to, to our, our own, watching God meet our need as this little mm-hmm. four-year-old church. Our anniversary is coming up, for those of you that are wondering. Uh, we'll be celebrating that on March the 21st. Um, so uh, a lot going on that underscores our our great dependency on God because in four That's years, right. what has allowed some um, phenomenal things to happen among us, and it's not because you or I were super duper awesome. It's just because our God is super duper awesome, and it's <laughs> kind of awful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, did you, you want to say something that I, I don't have anything no. to do? I, I just thought you were going to do some sort of alliteration there, but just we're not super duper awesome. God is super duper awesome. That's... Well, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, we're awful and he's awesome. And okay, how about that? All right. There we go. All right, all right, there you go. <laughs> and that's awe inspiring. Uh, there you go. When we see that's it work, right. yeah, we see that's it work right. out. I'm, I mean, I think that the beauty of it's so counterintuitive the message of scripture that we tend to think man, we should assert our independence. But, mm-hmm. but the message of scripture is, no, actually acknowledge your dependence. And, and, then, and then the Bible makes the sweet promises because when you're weak, then I'm strong. And yeah. um, you know, God gets the glory when we are just saying, hey, we're just jars of clay. We're just clay yeah. pots. And we've been entrusted with a wonderful message and God choose to work, uh, not just in spite of our weaknesses, but sometimes because of our weaknesses uh, so that he gets glory. So, man, I, I, I know we pray it all the time, but I, I think we're just so prone to an independent spirit that we need to con- continually just say, Lord, we need you. 
Yeah. Well, as I, there's a lot I could say behind that. One of which is you, you say countercultural. I say it's almost un-American mm. to lead with your weaknesses and dependency. Like that just mm. seems like to be the complete inverse of what we are taught and trained in terms of just our great national pride and, and all the things that make us who we are. Mm -hmm. um, is almost antithetical to what the Bible calls us to be, which is to acknowledge our dependency, our weakness, not lean into our strength. We got them, but that's not the that's not the the lead mm -hmm. uh, thing. So anyway, much could be said there, but uh, man, praise God for you and your service to us um, as a as a body in, in in preaching God's word. And so, man, looking forward to continuing to row together into this next chapter, uh, year five uh, of Gospel Hope coming soon. Um, so, amen. 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 Both of you that are watching, thank you for dialing in again. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Reconciling Hope podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future content on podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Gospel Hope Church is located in Atlanta, Georgia, with the mission of making disciples who are growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. If you're interested in learning more, tune into our Facebook Live services Sundays at 11 a.m. or check out gospelhopechurch.com.